You're tuned in to the World Physique Championship Podcast with your host, Terry Goodwin. Welcome back to the WPC Podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. Joining me today from uh, sunny San Jose, California is Kevin Miles. Now, uh, I'll just be upfront about this. Kevin and I have had a relationship for uh, too many years, too many days. Kevin, what's it been? 20, 30 years? 20, 20 years? 30 years? About 20 years. Okay. How's it quite been 30? When you get when you get to our age, <laughs> 20, 30, whatever, right? <laughs> so, uh, but I, Kevin, when I met Kevin, he was the he was the manager of a Gold's Gym in San Jose, uh, and and he spent like me, and and this is why we got along so well. I think is is our lives, uh, although in two completely different places, took very very similar tracks with respect to fitness. Um, Kevin and I. Um, uh, have done so many business ventures together. We've published digital magazines together, uh, written articles together. Uh, we work together on many, many levels in the fitness industry. And the reason why we have Kevin with us today is, uh, is Kevin, you have a very unique approach to, uh, and of course, Kevin's been a, a coach. You've coached uh, athletes in, in bodybuilding and fitness as well as other sports for well over 35 years. Um, and, and you take a very, very different approach to contest preparation dieting and i want to talk about that today uh now you're also you you competed for a couple years you were a judge before you competed uh let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the sport and i think that's kind of how we set this show up kev uh talk about when you got into it and what what the look was what what the vibe was and how how getting ready what what getting ready for a contest meant sure um thanks for having me here for for first of all and um yeah, we've been doing this for a while. We've seen the sport evolve, not always in the best direction. And once upon a time, the look was more approachable and attainable for people. And it was even more inspiring to see. And the bar kept getting raised higher and higher to the point where people felt they had to do things, you know, more extreme to get there, whether it was harder preps, longer preps, dieting stricter, doing more cardio. Um, including chemicals for some people. And we just, we've just seen it get out of reach. And we've just seen it, the approach that people take to reach a show level, a stage level, become less and less healthy and less and less attainable and less something that we wanted to support and that we wanted to um, see continue. So I didn't want to be a part of that as far as continuing to, to, pursue those extremes for the people that I work with. And so I stayed, I stayed true to doing it what I felt was the best way as far as giving people enough time, giving them the right information, making sure that I, that I did the right things for them as far as their diet and their training and, and just being honest with them in terms of how long this takes and how much dedication can be involved. Now you did all that. You did do that. And I, and I remember that and I, you know, we were friends for all of that and, and it was to the detriment of your business, your income. It was <laughs> because the truth is, is that, uh, you know, you, you just touched on the chemicals, which, of course, you're talking about performance enhancing drugs and there's a litany of them. Uh, everything, you know, everybody assumes that's steroids, but there are other drugs that come into play. Um, you know, there's um, diuretics, there's uh, thyroid drugs, there's, um, you know, insulin, there's, uh, gosh, it goes on and on, GH, yeah. all these different things, right? And so it becomes yeah. a very complex thing, uh, but it also becomes a very dangerous thing, doesn't it? 
can, and we've seen that happen. We see, you see it happen in terms of people that really have problems, and there's even been debts that, at this industry at the most extreme level, but there's been a lot of people that had issues as far as with their metabolism and their ability to continue doing shows, and they do some shows and have some success and then have to drop out or never be able to reach that condition again or even get back to where they were before they started. And, and that's when it got to be um, a negative because when, when these shows first came out for a lot of people, especially with the women's aspects of the shows as far as figure and then bikini, you'd, I'd almost want to recruit people into doing that and let them know about it and say, hey, this is something you can really do well and, and, and introduce them to that. And as I saw how the industry would take over for them and it wouldn't always be a positive thing, I became less um, interested in, in in pushing some, not pushing someone, but encouraging them to go in that direction. So it got to the point where someone approached me and they wanted to do a show, I, I, I would be happy to help them and prep them. And I do it in, in a safe and sane way. But people that weren't into it, I wouldn't feel so comfortable anymore of you know, encouraging and introducing them to this sport because I know what they were going to see when they got there and how many other people are going to see doing things that maybe they thought that now they needed to do and that direction could go off the rails for them. Now, I want to talk about expectations. And I think that comes sure. into play here. And I, we've had, of course, <laughs> I'm leading this because we've had umpteen thousand conversations about this, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but expectations come into play, don't they? I mean, uh, you know, you, you get into this sport, you, you know, somebody wants to get into it and, uh, you know, back, you know, two old timers now back in my day, you know, back in my day, I mean, you didn't expect to get a pro card, you know, six months after you started working out. Right. Um, and you exactly. didn't expect to get one two years after you started working out. I mean, you know, that was a track that, that you look at and you go, okay, someday I'd like to be a pro, but you're looking at five years down the road because it takes that amount of time for your body to mature, for, you know, to develop the amount of muscle that you need. And we're talking about, you know, for us, it was bodybuilding. Um, yeah. But it's much the same as, as figure or bikini or any other division. Uh, it just takes time to develop that uh, a pro-level physique. Uh, of course, everybody wants to rush it. And, and, uh, and those expectations. So, so the point is, is you take what you call a safe and sane approach. Uh, you know, w- w- when you do that, you, you, <laughs> you're not going to be in first place in your first show. You're not going to be in first place. Maybe, you know, depending on the show, you're not going to be in first place maybe for a couple of years. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, that's very true. And people just get misled in terms of how long it does take. And, and especially if they're new to the sport and they'll see, say, a competitor and they'll say, oh, how long does it take to, to do that? And someone will say, oh, you know, we'll take 12, 14, 16 weeks to, do, to get ready for a show, which is typical if, you're, if your body happens to be that, that far away. But if you, if you haven't really done this for a while, you know, it, it, and it's new to you, it could take years for you to be stage ready. And a lot of people don't understand that. You know, you come from other sports, you know, how, how long does it take to be a pro baseball player? Five years, 10 years, 15 years? Um, and so they get into this sport, and especially with a new division, they think that, oh, this can happen real quickly. And for some people, it can. If you have the genetics or you've just been training in a gym already for eight to 10 years, and now you decide to do a show, that's one thing. But you get people that are really new to this, and they think it's supposed to happen fast. And then as you start helping them on that journey, of course, they're going to hear other things and be recruited by other people and 
and say, oh, well, this is what you need to do. And all these people do this and all these people do that. And, and I'll help you get there faster. And so from a standpoint of, yeah, losing clientele, you can because your best people are always going to get recruited anyway. But people are going to be introduced to things that aren't necessarily the best things for them, but maybe the best thing for someone else that wants to make a name with them or sell them something. Or that's really their business model is to sell them something as opposed to coach them. And there's people that want to pursue their goals that much faster and, and they're susceptible to that. Now you're talking and about one you, girl, you're talking about the complexities now of the sport from the dealing with coaches. Sure. And so the shell game sure. is the shell game is is that uh, uh, you know, you work with you work with somebody that you trust and you like and you progress along and then you start to look really good. Other people start you go to a show uh, you look really, really good. And of course, another coach will come along and say, oh, your coach is doing it all wrong. You need to come train with me. And then the next show that person goes into, that coach takes credit for all the work that was done by the other coach. <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and they're, they're, they're more, yeah. That's the fitness coach shell game, right? They'll, yeah, exactly. But usually more subtle than that. They won't like blatantly come out and say, you're coaching you good. Say, oh, yeah, they've done a good job with you. But more, if you were with me, wow. And, um, right. <laughs> but the other thing is people are just susceptible to, to believing that because they'll see a picture of someone, they'll see that level that someone is and not understand that, you know, this person has been training for X number of years. Like I remember people used to see Elaine, Elaine did like your, your former wife. And right. they said, wow, I want to look like her. Cause when bikini, when figure was new, no one had done figure before, but they didn't understand. She'd been training for 15, 16 years already before she hit the stage. Right. And so they see her and they know she's been doing it quote unquote, a couple of years as far as competing and say, I want to look like her. And, and I want to be in the magazines like her. And I want to have, you know, that kind of development. And they're just new to the game and they don't understand that it's supposed to take more time than they want it to take. And so they're susceptible to not being patient and getting frustrated and also susceptible to someone that's going to offer them the shortcuts. Well, in Elaine's case, Elaine had been an athlete her whole life. She, she was always a track athlete and and genetically she was just, you know, she just carried more muscle and, and was, you know, just had that, that development. Um, she was a farm kid. You know, she used to do moving jobs with her dad when she was a little girl. So this has been her whole entire life. She's been physically active and, exactly. uh, and, and just was genetically blessed with, you know, a little bit more muscle than the average woman. And yeah, she got on stage and it's, you know, overnight success. Yeah. The overnight success took you know, 20, 25 20 years. years or 30 yeah. years at that point. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, and so that's, again, that's, that's, you can't, you, you're not, you're never comparing apples and, and, and apples, right. It's, it's uh, you don't know somebody's history. And, and so again, going back to the, the, the fitness coach shell game, that's, that's exactly it. You know? Yeah. You, okay. So you did good with that guy. Uh, you know, but you come work with me and you're really going to go. So, so what is going to happen? You know, if your training's solid, if your nutrition's solid, if you're on point and you hit your peak at a show, what more can be done? And, and, and that's, that's what's behind the curtain is, is the what more. (laughs) And that's what I think gets athletes in trouble is, is what's more oftentimes. And, and I'm not, you know, speaking specifically about anybody, but oftentimes it's chemicals. Oftentimes it's, you know, uh, a stricter diet that reaches the point where it's very unhealthy. And this is a segue now into the next thing I want to talk about, and that's metabolic burnout. But uh, it takes you down a road that starts to become unhealthy. And of course, part of the issue in all of this is it's physique sports. Uh, If it's basketball or if it's 
if it's sprinting, you know, obviously the measure of, of success is running faster, taking less time to get down the track. And so, you know, you reach a point there where, you know, you, 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 there's a barrier and everybody's up against that barrier. And then one guy breaks through, um, you know, then a whole bunch break through, but it's always about getting faster and faster and faster. But <clears throat> when you get to, to that world record number, um, what you have to do to take off one hundredth of a second is is it's a massive amount of change in order to take off a, a tenth or a hundredth yeah. of a second, right? And so, uh, because you look at you look at the Olympics and you look at sprinters and you see, okay, the the first guy and the last guy realize that the, the what little amount of time there is between first and last and and it's like that in every sport if you look at physique sports yeah. it's the same thing you know you look at first place at, at, at the mr olympia for instance you look at that and and you uh you look at first place and you look at last place and it's like okay well the guy's hardly a loser i mean he's one of the top physiques in the world <laughs> and it's just you know it's it's just you know very very little difference um and and so that's the thing getting back now to to this to the criteria if, if you're judging a physique really all you can do is you know you can't change your genetic shape all you can yeah. do is either get leaner or you get bigger right or a combination yeah. of the two and in order to get there there reaches a point where in in order to, to drop another half a percent of body fat <clears throat> the things you have to do to do that can for some people um, become very, very harmful to their health. And I know you've experienced some of that with athletes that you've come to fix up after they've gone through that process. And you want to talk about that a little bit. Sure. And, and it gets pushed because from a judging standpoint, one of the easiest things to see is who's the leanest. And so people push that envelope to get leaner and leaner and leaner, which can lead to more and more and more cardio and less and less and less calories and longer and longer and longer preps and, and even chemicals for some people. And, you know, the nature of coaching is that, and I'm not against coaching. I, I, I think, you know, obviously I am one and I even train and coach other coaches, other trainers to be coaches, but the coaches sometimes feel pressure and sometimes they come from not knowing or having as much experience and they're willing to push their athletes and they have the philosophy of, Hey, my reputation is on the line based on how this person does not understanding that it should be, first and foremost about helping that person be successful, not helping, not having them help your business. And it should always be about their safety, but, but you get these in extremes introduced. And so the preps get to be more aggressive and the way that the coaches start the preps, they make what I consider to be some basic mistakes that lead to those situations getting better. And now you're having, now you're having athletes getting to the point where their cardios or cardio level is way too high for too long. Their calories are way too long too low for too long and their body starts to fight against them and they may get through one or two preps and or a series of preps but after a point your, their metabolism uh, is affected by that and their ability to to continue that is it goes away and so once they, they shoot up way higher than they should because the normal the normal responses that they would get from dieting and, and eating eating right and training right go away and so they get to a point where the body doesn't work the way it should and, and they don't lose the weight that they should lose from the things that they're doing. So they push even harder and the hole gets even deeper. And that's led to a lot of problems with people. Some of them having to drop out of the sport, some of them having to take, you know, serious time off two or three years before their body and their system could, 
learn to work better again. And I wound up having to work with and getting to work with a lot of people that had those problems and bringing and trying to bring them back to, to a better place. Right now, um, going back probably what, 10, 15 years, something like that. Um, you know, we started to talk about metabolic burnout. We called it, uh, I think you yeah. called it, I think you called it metabolic burnout. And, and, uh, we started to address that. And when we brought it up, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't met. <laughs> a lot of people disliked <laughs> the fact that we were talking about this. Uh, and then of course, then people started to challenge the name and it became this thing that got punted around. Now, now it's a very accepted thing. Um, but, uh, you know, it was it was you and it was I that were we were talking about this and trying to warn athletes about it because of the health issues. And of course, all of those health issues came to fruition for for many many athletes. I know as a writer and photographer uh, in the fitness industry for many years, covering contests for over fifteen years for Oxygen Magazine. Uh, you know, that was <clears throat> that was one of the stories. Where did this girl go? She looked so great at this last show, and boom, and then yeah. we talked to her, and gosh, she's 40 pounds heavier, and she's lost her hair, and she's got thyroid issues, yeah. and she's got this and this, and uh, her skin looks horrible, and, and she's trying to get her, her menstrual cycle back to normal, and, and, and it's non-existent. And, and so these were the kind of issues that, that I was experiencing and that I know you were as well. Uh, and of course those people, when that happens, because it's, it's almost viewed as a fall from grace, if you will, because she's, you know, how did you get 40 pounds heavier? You know, it must be your fault. And, and, uh, and really, really it's not. And so those people really went underground and sort of disappeared. And that's why we never heard about them. And, and people would say, oh, that's not true. It doesn't happen. Well, yeah, it's happening. It's just this person doesn't want to come out and, and tell the world that because they feel ashamed, right? Uh, they're embarrassed. And, yeah. and, um, but more and more, more and more of those girls uh, started to uh, um, you know, talk about it, right? That would come out and actually talk about that. And I know, I know you experienced that. What, what happens, Kevin? Uh, now, you know, you've written a book called the diet that works and, and, uh, and we'll talk about where you can get that. We'll put a link after. Um, so if anybody wants to get that book, they can, but, uh, what happens in that process, Kevin, when you go too far for too long, what happens in your body that causes those issues? Well, your metabolism just gets so adaptive. And, and one of the biggest reasons that happens from a competitor standpoint is they start off their prep so aggressively as far as they, they're, you know, they go from doing almost zero cardio to an hour a day, some of them, and they, they reduce their calories too much too soon. And it could be one prep where you're going for too long as far as too much cardio and too few calories, or it could be a series of prep as you're trying to get a pro card or, or do a series of shows or whatever. And you get to the point where at the end of that series, you know, you're, you may gain a, a lot of weight depending on how, how you eat and how you take care of yourself. You may not gain as much, but when you come to the point where you want to come down again and you say, okay, you know, I want to get ready for that next show, the same things that worked for you before don't work anymore. And, and you can do even more cardio. You can do even, you have even less calories and your body's like, nope, it's, it's not going to work. And your, your endocrine system's all over the place. Your hormone levels are all over the place. And, and you're, this, the body is adapted so much and, and just doesn't work properly. And you get to the point where there's nothing you can do at that time. It's like having an injury. And your body needs to recover from what you were doing to it before it responds again. And I, I, I know girls, I, I wrote this article um, about it. And I was talking about a lot of specific situations with girls who, who I knew. 
And there was one girl that won the nationals at 127, and she shot up to 170, 181 pounds. And people were like, "Wow, why don't you stop? You know, just eating you know pizza and ice cream every day?" And she wasn't, and, and her body just wasn't working. By the time she contacted me, she was at 171, and she was doing cardio an hour a day, six days a week, and she was eating less than a hundred a thousand calories a day, and she was stuck at 170 pounds. And, you know, you think she'd be moving down by that. You know, she, you would think she would be in a caloric deficit enough at that point to be responding. And, and she wasn't. There were dozens of stories like this. Uh, one of the biggest problems is some other people would do those things and have no issue at all. So you get some one person that's doing two hours of cardio a day on two um, a thousand calories and they come out of it just fine. And someone, someone else, it, it really affects them. And so everyone thinks, well, she must be lying because I did the same thing and it didn't hurt me, you know. And the coach is like, well, yeah, I had, you know, most of my girls do that and none of them are falling off. So she's really not not um, truthful to what's going on. She must really be eating other things than she says that she's eating or she's not training as hard as she says she's training. And so people didn't want to believe it, but yet there were dozens and dozens of stories. But you're right, these girls are, are embarrassed. You get girls that, or high national level that will drop off the team. You get girls that were pro or just won pro cards. I know many people, they got pro cards and then just de- never competed again because they would shoot up so much. And I remember specifically this one girl won a bikini show and she actually lost five pounds to, to win this show. But the coach that she had was a pro bodybuilder and he had her doing these crazy amounts of cardio, crazy low calories, and even including chemicals in what she's doing. And chemicals don't have to be involved to have this happen. But after her show, she went up 35 pounds and she was just stuck. And, and all the, the, the dieting and training in the world couldn't get her body to move. And, and that's ridiculous that, that she got that way from doing that one show. And now she just wanted to get back to how she was before she even started. And, and, and for, it was a bunch of stories about that. And, and it was, we wanted to write about it because it's so easy to prevent, but it can be so difficult to come back from. And, after hearing these, and these were those most dedicated people that you see, they were willing to train harder. They were willing to diet harder and longer. They were willing to push themselves and, and they achieved high levels to do this, but your body only can, can do so much. And it, it prioritizes survival first and it doesn't prioritize getting you on, on stage. It doesn't prioritize, you know, you're looking a certain way. And so it's going to fight you if you do continue to not give it the nutrients that it needs and you push it beyond what, what it's capable of doing, at some point, it's going to push back and it's going to protect itself from you and not respond the way you want it to respond. Now, the the, the reality is, is that there is another way to do it. So, uh, you know, we've talked about the destructive part of, of overdoing it. And essentially, your body is just trying to, it's trying to keep you alive uh, because you're yeah. essentially, you know, when you're, when you're on a calorie deficit, uh, you know, you're you're starving your body of what it needs every day in order to survive and function, and and uh, and so we do that in two ways: we reduce the calories, or we increase the activity, or we do both. And there there is a there is a ceiling there where your body says enough is enough. But at that point, and if it's a prolonged and chronic thing, things start to happen to your body. Your 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 um, your endocrine system doesn't work as well, and and uh, you know your thyroid gets affected and. 
you know, we, we concern ourselves with every, you know, we read every label, you know, and we don't want to, God forbid, put the wrong things into our body, but then we go and we do this thing, you know, and, and the reality is, is that there is a safe and easier way to do it. And what you, what did you call it? The, the, uh, the sane approach, safe, safe and sane. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and you can do it. It's just, uh, but again, in my opinion, and I want to know what you think, I think it's, I think it's expectations. I mean, I've, I've dealt with, with, you know, athletes that have had what we called metabolic burnout and, and, you know, the first thing they say is I want to, okay, I need to talk to you. I know you, I know you can help with this or Kevin can help with this. And, and uh, so how soon can we get this done? You know, how soon can I get back to normal? (laughs) It's like, you know, we don't get to put a clock on that. Your body will tell you, you know, we're going to do things that are going to help you be healthy and then your body needs its time to heal and it will come back when it wants to come back. So it might take, it might take three months. It might take three years. You don't know. And in some cases it has taken many years. Uh, and, but there is a safe and sane approach to this. And part of it is, is um, I, I think it's all driven by expectations or do you disagree with me? I think it's driven by expectations. Yeah. You know, it, it is, I definitely agree with you. It's driven by expectations of the athlete and also some of the, the coaches. And you have to understand how long it can take you to get um, in the kind of shape that you want to get in and give yourself the right amount of time. And what people do is they, they don't understand that. They want to push it real fast. And, and again, it may take a typical prep, may take 12 to 14 weeks, but your body may be 20 weeks away or 30 weeks away. So it depends on where you start. And, and the a typical mistake people make is they start off too aggressively and not understanding that you can only lose body fat so fast. So doubling the cardio amount that you should be doing when you start and, and reducing the calories dramatically lower than they should be when you start isn't going to make you lose body fat faster. It may like make you lose weight faster, but that's something that's going to be muscle and water. So then what happens is you've lost less muscle, you've lost more muscle. And so now your metabolism starts to adapt faster and slow down faster. And then you have to push yourself to higher and higher levels. And so that's the trap that people get into. And with coaches, it's the same thing. Some of them may not be experienced or understand that. And, and like you said, the, from a business standpoint, too many coaches want to have more and more and more people. And so they have less and less and less individual control or time for each one of them. And so you get for some of these cookie cutter approaches where, okay, you're doing a prep. And you're immediately going to start pushing those high cardio levels and low calorie levels on them because they just want to make sure that person's making progress and not adapt it to the rate that that person should be doing and monitoring them so that make sure that they're at the right pace for them. It's like having a marathon runner and pushing them at a pace that's, you know, maybe they can run that fast, but they, sh- they can't run that fast and make it for 26.2 miles. So they got to run at a pace that's going to get them all the way there. And some people don't make it or they go at a pace that's just going to leave them on the side of the road as far as, as how their system works. And what happens after that is they now have this metabolism that's much more suppressed at the end. And so they, they gain more weight and, it's, and they have a further way to go for that next show. And they have a, a system that's less responsive. And so the hole gets even bigger and deeper for them. Whereas if they've done it the right way, they be closer to their weight. They can they can be more gradual in their approach. They won't have the same extreme, you know, rebound of weight afterwards. They can stay, you know, a lot more suitable shape for you and, and for other opportunities. And they don't wind up 20, 30 pounds plus 
over where they would like to be and have to climb that mountain and slide all the way back down and climb that mountain and slide all the way back down and the mountain keeps getting higher and higher and higher for them. Right. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a very easy trap to fall into though. Uh, again, if you, if you, if you go to a coach, if you go to a coach and that's that coach's business and they say, okay, I want to get ready for a show. How long does it take? Can you do it in 12 weeks? What's the guy going to say? Or can you do it in eight weeks? What's the guy going to say? He's going to say, sure. Right. (laughs) And, and then you do what you got to do to get there. It's, uh, and again, you know, <clears throat> I think it's easy to 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 vilify the coaches, but it's not always the coaches. It's I, I think I think part of the message has to be to athletes is look after your body. You know, it, it's uh, make realistic expectations. Coaches are there to perform a service. I don't know. I know you've turned some people away. I've turned some people away. Um, but the people I've turned away and said no, I'm you know I, I'm I can't responsibly do this. I think you need to rest your body. Every last one of them went to another coach. <laughs> Their coach did it because exactly. they asked, right? And so I think uh, exactly. you know that there's no uh, you know it's not the coaches necessarily, right? I mean they're doing their best with what they know. Some of them know more. Some of them care more about you know it's like any business, right? Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, the, the athlete is responsible for their own health, you know, and and it's really really important, I think. And and this is the cool thing about you writing the book. Uh, you know, this book is is uh it's it's all about that safe and sane the diet that works and and the thing that is the diet works you don't have to kill yourself in the process the diet actually does work the diet and and the protocol that that you use and really it's it's not an it's not a new thing kevin it's what it's what we used to do it's the thing that makes most sense it's uh you know it's always backed by science and of course science is always evolving there's new stuff out there to learn and know and and plug into the thing but uh the the simple reality is is that you can't beat your body up like that and expect that it's going to be at its very best you it's going to create a problem over time now now i want to talk about this safe and sane approach we we've got uh, just a little sure. bit of time left how how do you if if somebody came to you and and has never done a show before what would be your what would be your advice and they wanted to do a show yeah and, and first of all you you want to evaluate them and see where they are and see you know if they even understand what this is about as far as you know just being dedicated to training and nutrition in the first place and that is going to require them to have a fitness lifestyle and they may already be involved with that or it may be completely new for them and that's going to affect how long it's going to take or, and, and seeing where they currently are. That's going to affect how long you know, it, it can require them to get ready for a show, depending on what division they're in. Now, if they're doing figure or bodybuilding, that's going to require more muscle and more time than, say, fitness modeling or bikini. So you assess where they are. That's the first thing you do. And you're realistic about them in terms of how long it, it can or should take. And, and some coaches don't know that. And, and there, there's some good coaches out there, but there's also some that just want to push – you know, the numbers. And for me, that's why I even coach other coaches and I've created courses to teach people how to do contest prep because it's not about how many people you can have. You can't, you know, the, my coach, the coaches, I can't coach everyone. And so I wanted there to be other coaches out there that, you know, athletes first oriented coaches that take people's health into consideration and would give them the right information and let them know what this really requires of them as far as time in terms of how much time they're going to spend each week in terms in the gym and how they're going to need to follow this lifestyle and how long it may actually take for them to be ready for that stage. And, and the ones that understand that, you know, they have a chance to really reach their maximum potential. The ones that don't, you know, then 
they're going to pursue people that will just tell them, oh, yeah, you can do it faster. Oh, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I have all these successful people or whatever. Oh, yeah, you just need to take this or you need to take that or you need to do X amount of cardio or whatever. And like you said, those expectations, the expectations of the athletes, the expectations of the coaches, the expectations, you know, of the industry sometimes as far as what they, they expect them to look like. And, and those things all can merge together into the perfect storm of leading people further than they want to go and down a road they never expected to be on. Right. Now, this is one of the things that uh, the WPC has, has uh, addressed. Um, uh, yeah. The, the look, I mean, again, the, it, we're, we're after, we call it a more marketable look and, and that uh, it's not to, to criticize, you know, what other organizations are doing. It's just, uh, more a reflection of the opportunities that the WPC presents for their athletes. There's uh, television opportunities. The Las Vegas show here is televised August 18th. Um, the Atlanta show is, is televised on Cox. Uh, of course, there's going to be a, a tremendously strong YouTube presence. There's my job of taking pictures and creating those YouTube videos. Uh, it's all to put the, the sport out to a... a a much larger and relatively untouched group of, of fans and viewers. And so the look is less, uh, less muscle, less, you know, we, we, the judging is not going to reward those extremes for a couple of reasons. Exactly. Number one, you know, in near and dear to our hearts, my heart is that it's just not healthy necessarily for the athletes to be there. Yeah. Uh, the other part is, is from a photographer uh, perspective, from my perspective, it's, it's, uh, you know, you see somebody on stage, they look amazing. And then so you contact them a month later and you say, hey, I've got a client that wants to use you for something. Are you ready to shoot? And you say, well, no, I'm 20 pounds over what I was when I was on stage. And yeah. it's like, okay, so that stage look is only there for that day sort of thing or, or in, in a short period around it. But it's not something that is workable when opportunities come for athletes to work with companies and, and actually earn a living from the sport. And so, <clears throat> and so we created a judging criteria at the WPC that rewards a healthy fit look, but you know, the intention is not to reward those extremes. In fact, you know, they put more emphasis in judging is, uh, is placed on, on uh, a higher percentage of it is placed on, uh, the the uh, presentation, your presentation, aesthetics, and marketability, uh, and that's a safeguard against this becoming this 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 race to the to the bottom. I call it where you know it's just get leaner and leaner and leaner and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Uh, if there's an emphasis on what you put on stage and how you present yourself and how marketable you are, then then that will slow that that progress down or or just keep it at a safe place. Um, so that's what the WPC is all about, really, is just creating a more marketable look. And so contest prep for a WPC show is not going to be anywhere near as arduous as it may be for another organ, for, you know, if you're competing in a different organization. And that goes yeah, from, and for every level. So go ahead. And that, that's what excites me about the WPC, because you can approach contest prep in that safe and sane way and do it in a healthy way and do it in a sustainable way. And it, it doesn't emphasize those extremes. And which which often takes away from other aspects of your body, like symmetry, as you as you, right. you know, diet so hard to get lean, you lose that shape and that balance and those proportions, and, and those things are part of the judging criteria. So you need to have that, and so it's a more sustainable look, and also the lifestyle is healthier. So now it's more marketable. Now the way you got there is a learnable, teachable thing that you can help other people 
in their fitness pursuits because you did it the right way and you did it in a way that that you can pass on to others and inspire them with and showcase for them, you know, as opposed to if you did everything in this extreme and unhealthy way and you don't walk around the rest of the year looking like you did on stage and looking like they expect you to look, then you're not that ambassador for health and fitness. And and this organization allows you to to be that. So I was very excited to to learn about it and see these things and now I'm actually telling my athletes about it and people that I think can do the sport. And, hey, this is something you might want to check out and, and feel real comfortable as far as letting them know about it and, and being excited for, for people doing shows again. Because I'd lost that feeling a little bit for some of them because I just knew what they were getting into. Right. Now I see them getting into something that could be really good for them. Now, Kevin, uh, two things I want to talk about just as we bring this to a close. We could talk about this all day because there's so much to say. Um, the uh, Diet That Works is your book. Uh, where can they find it? Is that on Amazon? It is on Amazon, and um, you can find it from my website, bodysport.com, and, and scroll to the, at the top. There's a navigation bar. You can see Body Sport University, which will have a location to get that book, and also a lot of online courses I've created, audio video courses, including a free one on metabolic burnout, which breaks down that whole thing. And my contest prep coaches course, and even some free coach, free courses on coaching and contest prep to kind of let you know what that can and should be. Um, but you can find everything right there. Good. Yeah. And that, that was the next thing is the, uh, is the, the body sport university that uh, if anybody is interested, certainly uh, connect with Kevin bodysport.com bodysport.com connect with Kevin miles uh, if you have any questions, uh, you uh, I don't know if you have if you're interested in, in talking to Kevin about either as a coach or as an athlete, uh, you can reach him through there. Thank you very much, Kevin, for your time. Uh, I'm sure we will have you back because there's a whole lot more we could talk about. We could turn this is a long show anyway. We're we're into almost uh, 40 minutes, but uh, uh, I mean we could talk for hours about this. But uh, thank you, Kevin. As always, uh, thank you also for listening. Remember, the August uh, 18th show in Las Vegas is coming up. You can get your tickets. Go to WPC.world. I'm Terry Goodlad. Have an awesome day, and thanks for listening.